Dear Lord, let your word free our minds, our spirits, and soul today. Open our eyes to the work that you're doing in us, around us, and ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we begin this new year, and by the way, Happy New Year to those who I haven't seen for, since last year. Actually, tell to your neighbor, Happy New Year, because I think you haven't seen each other for, for a while now. So Happy New Year. Tell to your neighbor, Happy New Year. Feliz Año Nuevo to everybody. As we start this new year, um, and we all hope to start new things and new projects, things that we didn't get done in 2023, maybe pounds that stay with us, you know, last year, the year before and that. Or, you know, or maybe we see all the need around the world. We woke up to what is happening in Japan, what is happening in our country, what is going on in the world, and we don't know where to start. I know I have to serve. I know I need to do something, but I don't know where to start. And many times we feel, I don't know about you, but overwhelmed. And when we do feel like that, we tend to freeze and not do anything. We, we don't feel productive because we don't know what the first step is. Pastor Andrew and I have been, you know, listening to many of you and, and praying with many of you, and we, we realize that the biggest need that we all have, including ourselves, is peace and direction, knowing what to do next. Where, where should I go? How should I think? How should I react? And that's how this series of sermons was born. Let's concentrate on one thing. Let's think about one thing. One thing that I need to focus in this year, one thing. And today we're going to talk about one thing I do. And I invite you to go with me to Philippians, uh, Philippians 3.10 that says, 10 to 14, it says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his suffering by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the death. Nor that I have already obtained this or I have already reached the goal, but I pressed on to make it my own because Jesus, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straightening forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards to the, to the goal of the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the, this is the word of God for the people of God. So as we look into the, the, um, what is important and use the, the example of Paul, let's, let's look back to his, to his life and who the apostle Paul was before he became the apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was called Saul of Tarsus. That was his name. And he was a persecutor of the church. He was arresting Christians and putting them in prison. He was present and witnessed the death of our first martyr of Christian faith, Stephen. He was doing everything he could to stop the advancement of Christianity. 
I, I don't know, you know, we all have done wrong things in life, but I don't think that we're sitting here with people who have persecuted Christians actively and make them suffer. But that was this man. And this man one day had an encounter with Jesus so strong that he became blind for three days. He couldn't see for three days. And that change and that encounter not only made a change in his life, we can say that it changed his identity. Who was, who was him inside? Even his name changed to Paul and later on became the Apostle Paul. So that encounter with Jesus changed his life completely. That's why he wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, So then, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. What is old has passed away, look what is new has come. He wrote out of his own life, I am a new creation. We are a new creation. And if, if Christ is living in you, let me tell you, you and I, we have a new identity in him. That's why we can sing. Because he lives, I can look into the future. Because he lives, I'm excited about 2024. Because he lives, I'm not living in fear. Because he lives. And Paul, you know, he... Many, many things in life, in our life, uh, many struggles that we have, if we are sincere with ourselves, come out of struggle of knowing who we are. It comes out of identity because very often we live in two words. We want to be one person here and one person there because we don't want to offend people. Many times we don't know what to do because we forget who we are. So let me tell you this little story. And by the way, I'm going to do the disclaimer. I'm, I, later on, I will tell you some stories about my mom. It seems like I often bring up stories about my dad. My mom taught me things too. Mom, if you're listening, I'm going to talk about you too. But I'm going to talk about my dad today again. My husband said, you always talk about your dad. But my mom taught me a lot of things too. But one day when I was 12 years old, I went to this Christian school, and my dad worked in the school. He was the administrator. So one day, um, he saw me in the hallway and stopped me and said, hey, I heard from you, you know, a couple of your teachers that you're not doing so great in school. So let me ask you this. So if school is not important to you, it's not a priority, what is? What is important to you now? Why are you so distracted? And I didn't know what to answer, so I looked at him very seriously and said, well, God is a priority. He didn't know what to say. He looked at me and said, okay, and just kept walking. And I tell you, inside, I was like, I cannot believe that worked. <laughs> I cannot believe that worked. And he said this story so proudly, you know, like, wow, that was cheating you. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe that God got me out of trouble that moment. But the reality was that when I reflect on that answer, it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of an advice that he himself told me several times. In every situation that you are, remember who you are. In every situation that you are, remember who you are. So my dad was giving me identity. He was teaching me, remember who you are. And that's exactly what Paul did. 
After Paul had that encounter with Jesus, he left. He was in silence for three years, some, some people say. He went from being the persecutor of the church, uh, independent men, uh, aggressive men, you know, in the name of God, um, doing a good thing, from being that to being a person who depended on everybody because he couldn't see for three days. Can you imagine being blind for three days, depending on people to eat? Well, he didn't eat or drink anything for three days. I can imagine being so fearful. He, here he comes persecuting the church, and now he's depending on those same people for his well-being. So he, he suffered a great transformation in that, in that moment. He was in a very uncomfortable situation. And after he recovered the sight, he had to go away and rediscover this new identity. But after he came back, after he rediscovered who he was, he experienced the, the most change and radical change in his heart, and he became himself, who he was created to be. And he had one mission, one purpose, and one vision in mind. Philippians 3, 10, 12 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the death. One thing, forgetting what is behind. One thing, I'm going to do one thing. And for, for me in order to embrace this new identity, I need to forget what is behind me. I need to press what is forward. I need to stop blaming myself. I need to stop dwelling in that place of regret and press forward. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He did not focus in how prepared he was to preach the gospel. He was really, he was very smart, prepared man, more than many of the disciples who walked with Jesus. But he didn't rely on that to preach. He didn't rely on that because you know what? That knowledge never longer served him. The only way that that served him was to know that Jesus was the Messiah and how bad and wrong he was. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't look back. We should look back, actually. And, and um, David, in one of his psalms, says that we, we should look back, but to see what God has done, to see how his handprint was everywhere, but not looking back and what you did wrong, because we all learned a lesson. That is the great thing about, uh, about Christianity and the kingdom. There's no failure in the kingdom. There's no failure in the kingdom. There's learning opportunities. And I'm not saying this as to be a positive speaker. It's the truth. Every time we, we encounter those challenges are opportunities for God to show us who he is and how wrong we are. You know, many times we, we love when we are in arguments, we love to, to be right, right? And how bad we feel when the other person, some of us, we stick to our guns and say, no, you know, even though I was wrong, 
you know, I don't think that you got it right all the way. But the reality is that we are wrong. <laughs> Many times we are wrong. Even when we read the Bible, sometimes we get it wrong. And we need to depend on him to get it right. That's why we say constantly, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Because the reality is without the Holy Spirit, we don't know what to do. We don't know what direction to take and where to go. So he didn't focus in his self-righteousness. He did not want to dwell on his past memory. Can you imagine dwelling in that place of knowing how wrong you were and then being among Christians and worshiping with them? I'm, I'm sure that he had those memories back, but when they came, he probably encountered them with, with the understanding of how merciful was our God. How merciful was God with him. And that's the way that we should look life. Every time you, I can look back and, and see how many times I got it wrong, but we need to look at, look at that moment and think how great it is that even though I made that great mistake, you still want to call me your own. That's why our, our goal shouldn't be degrees and, and money. Those things are good. And I, they're good that we pursue them. And it's good to have goals in life. But that shouldn't be my end goal. Because you know what? When you arrive there, there's nothing. When you finally get the degree, there's nothing else. When you finally get the house that you want, there's nothing else. But when we pursue a relationship and, and a, a identity in Christ, all these things do not matter anymore. We can have them, and it's good to have them, and it's good to enjoy them. But what matters the most is who we are in him. You know, I don't know, but it struck me this morning as we were singing that beautiful hymn, Because He Lives in it got, I got to think, wow, only the church has the power and the confidence to not only look at death, but sing about death, we hope. That is the power that we have as a church because of him. We can sing about death and not being afraid because he lives. We know what is expecting us at the other side. We know that he's with us everywhere we go. We can rely, we can sleep in peace knowing that because he lives, everything is worth living. Isn't that wonderful? That's why when we know who we are, we should be the happiest people on earth. Because we got something that the world doesn't know. We have a, a, a peace that the world doesn't know. We have a happiness that doesn't come from what we got or what is coming the happiness that we have comes from who we are. Who we are in him and who he is for us. So the lesson is we need to stop living in our regrets. We're done with that. Done with our mistakes. Done with the guilt and the shame. We should be done with that. Yes, God will forgive you. And yes, he will give you the new beginning, but seek him and ask him for forgiveness, and let's move on. You know, we all have this, um, this pair of jeans. I don't know if you do, but I do have a pair of jeans that have been with me for 20 years. And we always think, I'm going to fit them again, 
I'm going to use them again. Yes, we, you're going to fit again. But, you know, maybe this year is the, the year to let them go. <laughs> now they're not in style anymore, and it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. <laughs> Enjoy where you are. And if, in fact, we, you need to lose weight, do it. But do it looking to a new beginning, to a new way, a new you, not looking in the back. You know, we usually say, oh, I want to I wanna go back to where I pray and I feel so good and I want to I wanna go back to where I sit hours and hours reading the Bible and everything spoke to my heart. But, you know, I got a new invitation for you. Let, do all those things, but do it now looking to the future. That time has passed and he will renew your passion as you go forward. It's like falling in love in marriage. You know, some people say, well, love is gone in the marriage. You know, I, if love is gone in the marriage, it never was there. Because you realize you fall in and, and, in and out out of love while you, were, you are married so many times. And there's only few of us who can say, I've been, I've been in love for 30 years, but I encountered my good share of people and seen and experienced that sometimes you love you partner, and sometimes you don't, and it's okay. You can fall back into, into that love and to that place of love because love is not so much a feeling but a decision of giving without expecting anything in return. And it's the same thing as you, we, we carve spaces in our lives to dwell in that presence in love. And so one thing we need to reach now. Look forward. Philippians 3, 13, 14 says, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, pressing towards to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Reaching forward to stretch out to, to or towards. That's what reaching out means. Like in a race, you know, runner is reaching out. But the thing is that many times we reach out for, again, goals and things, and we, we think that this calling that Paul is talking about is a ministerial calling, because when we talk about callings many times, I don't know you, about you, but when I think about call, the call of God, we think God is calling me to do a ministerial thing. But you know what we are really called to do? To be like Jesus. That's our call. That is a call that we all receive, being like Jesus. And when I understand that that's my call and you call, it doesn't matter if today you're a pastor and tomorrow you're not. It doesn't matter if tomorrow, today you're in a choir and tomorrow you're not. It doesn't matter if you get to be a deacon and tomorrow you're not because your call remained. You know the highest, the highest title in heaven, what it is? What do you think is the highest title in heaven? Son of God. There's no apostles and, and pastoral and all that. Because when we sit at the table of God, we're all the same. I'm sure that you're the same with your children. When they come back and sit at your table for Thanksgiving and you have an astronaut and you have a, a son or daughter who doesn't know what to do in life yet, you love them the same. They are the same to you. And you don't feel more for one to another. It's the same with God. Our higher calling is to be 
the children of God. It's to be like him. And that is what he's calling us to do. So instead of dwelling in our past, let's move forward. Receive what God has for us this year. To know that Christ, that, to know Christ more deeply and personally and completely dependent in his trust in God. And um, I want to say this really quick. Today in our class, still, we were talking about, you know, carving time with, for him and having space to be still and, and think of him. And they start talking about the garden. We were created to spend time with God. We were created to enjoy him and him enjoyed us. You were not created for a mission. You were not created to do a task. You were not created to be the workers of God. You were created to be his children. Just be. So as we are growing in this new understanding of who we are in Christ, remember that he brought you to this world to enjoy you, to enjoy your personality, to enjoy your laugh, to enjoy your ideas, and to even enjoy your faults. Because in our lacking, he is greater. So he even enjoys those moments that said, God, I don't know how to do this. Well, don't worry. I got you. Let me show you what I can do with you. And so uh, there's some practical suggestions that I would love uh, for you to take. And, and see this new year, every challenge that you encounter, see them as an opportunity to grow, as an opportunity to see him working in your life. If we don't have any challenges, if we don't have any difficult times, how would, I, how would we know that he is carrying us along the way? So sometimes things happen for us, for God to show up and, and to do amazing things with, in places that we didn't know it could happen. Like Pastor Andrew's not here and now you got this amazing preacher, right? So it happened. I'm just kidding, Pastor. <laughs> we miss you. We miss you. But, you know, so there's some practical suggestions that we want to talk about one thing. First, number first, number one, let's pray fervently. Let's pray constantly. You know, and one of the reasons why we're doing this 21 days is to get all of us as a church together in a habit of praying every day. Not only for ourselves, not only for our immediate needs, but for the needs around us. Read and study the Bible daily. See, many times we hear, well, children don't come with instructions. Okay, they do. And it's this. This is our instructions. This is where we should go to get wisdom to what to do next. And this is full of a lot of promises and rights that we have as citizens of the kingdom of God. This book is not a religious book. It's a book of rights. It's a book of promises. It's a book of responsibility that he has with us and we have with him. So spending time in, the, in, in our Bible, worship prayerfully and, and praising him, not only for what we have, but what is to come. Many times we don't receive things because we don't, we don't enjoy what you have. And if we don't enjoy what we have now, we won't enjoy what we have later. If we're not happy in that little house that we have now, we won't be happy in a bigger house. That's not going to make us happy. 
Praising God will bring that knowledge, understanding, and thankfulness that fill our heart, fills our heart everywhere we are. Let's look for opportunities to connect and serve. And today we started a new um, class in Steel, and there's other classes, other growth classes on Sundays. And on Wednesdays, we're going to start a class called Get Out of Your Head. That's a great opportunity for us to grow together in the understanding of how the minds work and the Bible work in our minds. And number five, look for opportunities to daily encourage and bless someone. There's nothing better than doing something small for somebody else and, and see the change that that can bring to somebody else. You, you have no idea how much you hugs, you welcoming has meant to me. You have incredibly ministered to my life so much in little things that you may not think much, but it, they mean the world to me. And the same thing, I'm sure it happens to you. So let's do that for somebody else, to a coworker, especially that coworker that you don't like, do something good for them. You boss, do something good for them. You know, the people that are challenging, do something good and see God work in those areas in our lives. But Above all, remember this one thing. We are his, and he is ours. You belong to him. So when you don't know what to do, remember who you are. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember what you made for, and he will guide you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this great word that you has given us today, this remembrance of who we are in you and who you called us to be. Help us, Lord, to be faithful as we are committed to growing you and follow this one thing, to get to know Christ. This is what we will do as a church, one thing, to get to know Christ this year, that at the end of 2024, we can say, I can see Christ in a way that I haven't seen him in years. I can see him better in a way that I haven't seen because we have been faithful into and committed into get to know you better, Lord. Guide us, give us peace, forgiveness, grace, and happiness along the journey, Lord. In Jesus, in Jesus Christ we pray, amen, amen.